Colin Coward is now changing his tune on the Oklahoma Sooners. It's a beautiful sight to see. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Today's empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from nine to noon on the KRF Sports app. And Josh, the thing we're going to start the show with today, it's always great when someone comes to the realization that they were wrong. And I mean, we're never wrong on this show. It never happens. But one Colin Coward decided to, uh, you know, reevaluate some uh takes that he had made on one Oklahoma Sooners and that was a joke by the way we are wrong sometimes on this show I'm not going to pretend we're not uh but he said on his show on FS1 in a segment called right and wrong the thing that he was wrong about was the Oklahoma Sooners and here's his quote forget about USC Oklahoma is rated six in the AP poll Brent Venables, not Lincoln Riley, has developed a culture in a year and a half based on substance defense. They've improved. Last year, I said, I don't know. I've never seen an Oklahoma team that looked that disorganized. Now, they haven't played a great schedule, but they did beat Texas, and they looked like the better coached team than Texas. Lots of substance, not a ton of flash. Right now, Brent Venables is right. Some strong words there from Colin Coward between the two programs. It's been the debate over the last year and a half. Well, I mean, it's been more than a year and a half at this point. It's 22 months uh, at this point since the coaching change. And I mean, you can't look at the direction of these two teams. We discussed a little bit on our Monday show. You can't look at the direction of these two teams and not see the difference in what Brent Venables is building compared to what Lincoln Riley is building. And hey, kudos to Colin for being willing to recognize that what's happening right now in Norman is is based on a culture and a culture change that's developing a toughness and an attitude that is going to help Oklahoma Sooners football excel. Not totally shocking with Colin Cowherd. Props, right, to at least not take this thing into the grave with you, to not just fight it, fight it, fight it, to basically acknowledge that, yes, this is a vastly improved Oklahoma football team, and the head man, Brent Venables, deserves uh, not all of the credit, but a a nice bit of the credit for Oklahoma. If If you're going to treat Venables like a punching bag a year ago when it's six and seven and and deservedly so, right, to some degree, that it's the worst season in a quarter century for OU. If you're going to kick him when he's down and treat him like a punching bag, well, then you uh, 
you better put some shine on my man's uh, name when things are going well. And when he's got Oklahoma 6-0 and and they do beat Texas, who again, Colin Cowherd and everybody else nationally wanted to say was a national championship contender. And they still might just be that, right? But uh, if you're going to say that Texas is this national player and, oh, look how impressive Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns are after what they did to Alabama, and then Oklahoma goes and beats that team and does it in the way and in the fashion that a lot of us weren't convinced necessarily OU was quite ready to do, which is in the trenches both sides of the football, yeah, you better you better be showing my man Brent Venables some love. So, hey, props to Colin Cowherd for being willing to accept that he's wrong. Now, he'll be the first guy, I'm sure, to say the exact opposite as soon as Oklahoma doesn't play well versus UCF or there's a, a loss at Kansas or a, a subpar performance in Bedlam. I don't view this as Colin Cowherd all of a sudden totally subscribing to Brent Venables is this uh, long-term fix at Oklahoma, and he's going to win multiple national championships at Oklahoma. But in the here and now, he's willing to accept that he was wrong, which he uh, has been an outspoken detractor from Brent Venables. So, yeah, you better come eat some crow. Yeah, he's been an ardent supporter of USC, about as supportive of any program that you'd ever see a media member be supportive of. Like you can even look at like Brady Quinn in Notre Dame or Desmond Howard in Michigan, like very much homers, but I don't think they've gone to the lengths. And now they don't have daily shows like Colin Coward does, but yeah, somebody that's been so pro USC and so anti Oklahoma that it was only a matter of time until things got proven differently. And it, it only took, you know, 20 months for that to be the case, 22 months for that to be the case, a, a season and a half. And, and I think that's, it's a credit to what Oklahoma is doing more so than what USC is doing even because USC has still got some talented players and Lincoln Riley is still going to be able to recruit offense wherever he goes for however long he's a college football coach, he's going to have really good offenses. The problem is on the defensive side of the ball, which was the problem when he was here at Oklahoma. And what Brent Venables is doing is he's not only keeping a very high level offense at play because of Jeff Levy, his recruiting the, the play and production of Dylan Gabriel and the skill players, which is never a problem in Oklahoma, right? We've gone back through the data for 20 years and we know that Oklahoma is going to produce good offense, but he's raised the standard defensively to help meet and match the level of play that you get offensively. And it's like Brent Venables talked about in his uh, weekly press conference on Tuesday that they're winning in a variety of ways. They're not just winning one way. And I think that's the strength of this team is you're just not seeing them having to rely on, Hey, we, our offense has to score 48 for us to have a chance to win. No, they can score 20 and win a football game. And I know that we look at that Cincinnati game and like, man, what was wrong with the offense? It wasn't good. And yeah, there were areas that could have been better, but just take, take, uh, take stock of the fact that you won a game and you only scored 20 points. When was the last time that that had happened in, in a season like this? And it's been a long time. I mean, I, I haven't gone back through it, but this is just a different team and they're playing balanced complimentary football on both sides of the ball. It is nice though, isn't it? I mean, Colin Cowherd aside because he, of course, makes Oklahoma fans understandably so feel some kind of way because he has found that that niche, right? He's found that trick in media, which many others have found out, which is, hey, if you pester, if you needle Oklahoma over Baker Mayfield, over 
you know, Lincoln Riley's teams when he was here, by the way, not playing defense. Then he goes there and suddenly he's the gift to USC and Brent Venables, the, the poor start. Colin Cowherd's figured out the formula of if I go after Oklahoma, there's going to be engagement, right? But he's also not been alone in that regard or just in the thought that Oklahoma is this program that, oh, they don't play defense and they can't figure out that side of the football. So as much as Colin Cowherd is that media individual that has been uh, the ire of many a Sooner fan, and for good reason, he's also not been alone in the sense that nationally there's been that stink, there's been that stigma about Oklahoma football that they couldn't do it on that side of uh, the football, on the defensive end of the equation. And frankly, it's been merited over the years to have sort of that opinion about Oklahoma. And now you can't really say that about OU anymore. It's it's different what Brent Venables has done for Oklahoma. And that was always, again, the hope, the belief that that transition, that development was going to happen for OU. And now it is. And so guess what? When that happens... There's there's no recourse for a Colin Cowherd or others out there. The proof is in the pudding. Oklahoma right now is very good offensively. They're very good defensively. That's not something we've been able to say about OU. Yeah, the defense is a strength of this team, and the future is only going to be brighter with what they've got coming in the recruiting class in 2024 and beyond. Speaking of a bright future, somebody who, man, had a big offseason scare as Jacob Lacey made a big play in the Red River Showdown. His season might just be getting started for the Sooners. We'll talk about that next. This episode brought to us by Jace Medical. You don't want to be in that situation where a medical situation arrives and you're unprepared. The situation that makes the most sense for me is, okay, you're traveling, you're going somewhere, you're with the family, and all of a sudden something that you didn't expect health-wise pops up that you weren't prepared for and you don't have first aid with you, you're not prepared, right? You're traveling, you're in the midst of it. I can imagine myself in that scenario, and that's scary to think about. So what's the solution? Well, Jace Medical and their Jace case. It's a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your own unique needs that, again, take away that situation that you're, you're unprepared for. Well, now you aren't unprepared. You've got a solution in place from Jace Medical. Again, they offer that customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications if you need it. And uh, it's so easy to get started with Jace Medical. You just go to jacemedical.com, enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical.com to get started with Jace Medical today. And snap into the action this NFL season over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get uh, up to $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Get ahead of this weekend. Oklahoma right now is favored by 18 and a half points against UCF and Dylan Gabriel's Heisman odds continue to climb right now. He is number two over at FanDuel at plus 800 just behind Michael Penix at Washington. And lo and behold, the Oklahoma Sooners national championship odds have gone up to plus 700. 
sorry, plus 1500, number seven in the nation. So a very strong case for the Sooners. Go get in on the action over at FanDuel.com. Use our promo code locked on to get in there with spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. So Josh, Jacob Lacey kind of had a bit of a slow start to the 2023 season, and now we've kind of figured out a little bit more why he met with the media Monday night after practice and shared that he ended up with blood clots and pulmonary embolism uh, this past summer uh, in August. It was, and the doctors were really, really concerned. And he was, they, they shared with him that they were concerned about him playing football again, Uh, but back on the field, made a huge play in the Red River Showdown and ultimately was a big part of helping the, the the Oklahoma Sooners overcome the Texas Longhorns. But man, what a crazy, crazy uh, thing to have gone through for Jacob Lacey. And man, just glad that he's healthy and back on the field. More than anything, glad that he's healthy and glad that everything is you know straightforward for him. Well, and outside of you know watching the video back and not, not being right there and listening to Jacob Lacey as he's sharing that, with the media, I didn't, didn't hear the follow-up questions, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm sure just from reading the stories and watching what I, what I have seen from the interview with Lacey, what a life-changing experience for you. I mean, obviously football changing experience and that, that part was jarring and he was headed home for a graduation party. And then all of a sudden he said, he's basically making the choice. Well, I I'm lightheaded I'm coughing up blood, which is, of course, a scary, bad sign. And uh, he said, I, I had the decision of I'm going to the graduation party or I'm going to the hospital. He chose to go to the hospital, and it might have saved his life. And so when something like that pops up uh, and you find out you've got the blood clots and the embolism there, pulmonary embolism, that's that's life-changing and life-saving in that instance. So I just can't even imagine what, uh, what he went through just from a, a mental – emotional uh, well-being standpoint so scary happy for him that he's healthy and then on the football end of the equation yeah I mean it, it takes you out of the mix for the spring he uh, I guess was cleared late August or uh, yeah late August and then finally got going to start the season but you know you're not really in the full swing of things until football shape several weeks even a month even after that and yet here he is John he in the Red River game makes a play that goes and wins the football game for Oklahoma and has been one of their best defensive linemen. I'm looking at the pro football focus grades right now. And uh, defensively, he's got a 70.9 grade overall, 74.1 run defense, 77.9 tackling grade. Those are really good numbers for a defensive lineman. So he's been very, very good for Oklahoma. And again, uh, impact addition out of the transfer portal. He's one of that group of impact defensive transfer portal additions, but head and shoulders above the rest of it. Just happy that he's healthy, right? Yeah. Just happy that he's healthy. It is a scary situation as, so I work in the intensive care unit. If you don't know my day job, I'm a registered nurse in intensive care and people that get pulmonary embolism, it is scary and they really have a hard time breathing. I mean, your blood flow to different parts of your lungs gets obstructed. And so you're not able to exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide very well. And it, I mean, it creates a lot of physiological responses. Now he's a healthy young individual 
experiencing that that gives him a better chance of having a great recovery and getting back to normal life. But for people, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s with a lot of comorbidities, I mean, it it is very, very life threatening. And, and obviously it was for him as well. But I mean, just the fact that he's back on the football field after experiencing something like that this year is, is pretty incredible. And then, yeah, to be able to go and become now one of Oklahoma's best interior defensive players, something we all expected would be the case after coming over from Notre Dame, you, you expected somebody with his experience, you know, very little production, but there were flashes of him being able to make plays. Now you're starting to see that happen and it's only going to make Oklahoma's defense even better because, okay, now you're starting to see Dejon Terry play really, really well. Jacob Lacey's playing really, really well going along with guys that have been solid to good players in Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Coe and Jonah Laula and Grayson Halton to an extent. So you have a very deep interior defensive line rotation that is only going to continue to get better and better as the season goes along. Well, and from a leadership standpoint to have Jacob Lacey around where we've seen it over, over recent years where sports and life are, more closely intertwined, at least from a media coverage standpoint. I mean, we hear about things that we didn't hear as much about in, in years past, whether that's, you know, mental health, a num number of, of different issues that athletes face. And those are real. And, and that happens and exists in not just a football locker room, but uh, any, any sports locker room, any walk of life professionally. So, you know, beyond the, the football impact for Jacob Lacey, I would think probably – just based on, and, and again, I've been very blessed for the most part and haven't had, a, you know, knock on wood, a bunch of health problems myself and loved ones of mine haven't necessarily had a ton, but that's a real lived life experience that when somebody like Lacey talks to you now, you're going to listen, right? So, you know, bigger than uh, just football itself, that's maybe even, even a little greedy to look at it that way in a sense, but I'm sure those guys in that locker room do feel that way about Jacob Lacey that, Hey, here's somebody that's, you know, doing all these things for us on the football field. And yet beyond that has, uh, has this real life experience to share with us. Yeah. Anytime you go through something like that, that is going to cause you to have, you know, big picture, 10,000 foot views of your life. It's going to kind of bring everything into a deeper perspective and almost kind of give you a, a, a better edge as you go about your, your daily business. You know, when you, when you appreciate what you've gone through, you can appreciate better the grind you're going through a little bit more. And, and then to being able to, to uh, translate that or even uh, share that with his teammates, I think it goes a long, long way. We're going to get ready for UCF, man. It's a big matchup coming to Norman this Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Time. We'll talk through the injury report that Brent Venables provided uh, during his weekly media availability. We'll do that here after the break eBay Motors, they've got you covered with the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is always what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts. Let me read that again. 122 million parts for your ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. eBay Motors, the right parts, the right fit, the right prices, guaranteed. All right, Josh, we've got the Brent Venables injury report for week eight of the season. Man, we are already to week eight. Before we know it, we're going to blink and the season is going to be over. Let's just take a moment to appreciate everything that we've gotten to experience thus far in the 2023 season. And now to the injury report. Brent Venables gave some very intriguing updates uh, with some guys that are going to be back. Uh, looks like Savion Bird is back in the mix, could be in play for snaps at left guard. Uh, you know, we've seen Caden Green get a lot of opportunities there since Savion Bird's been out. Troy Everett was getting a lot of opportunities there, but Green came in and played really, really well against Texas. How important is it that you have more depth going into the the stretch, the you know, second half stretch of the season, having Savion Bird back? Well, given uh, obviously McCade Matayer, what happened? Linemen get hurt, man. Mm-hmm. They they get hurt because uh, it's trench warfare down there, and you get rolled up on, and different things happen. You get tangled up on down there. So having depth in general is obviously paramount. But uh, I also think you know just getting Savion Bird back. Uh, maybe I'm still in love with the cheese it bowl tenacity and this and that. But I really do think that when it's all said and done, the most talented combination for Oklahoma will be Savion Bird and Caden Green. So the idea that he's back healthy and getting to see what Caden Green, what we saw from him in the OU Texas game, I think is very, very encouraging and exciting going forward for Oklahoma. And again, you know, harp, harp, harping on the run game, right? How are they going to get it fixed? What's got to happen for the interior of Oklahoma? I just think that's going to wind up being the best combination. I don't know if that's what it winds up as to finish in 2023 right here and right now. But I think in 2024, that's uh, probably what you're going to be looking at. And it could be a possibility that we finish that way here in 2023. And it might be a magical thing if it all clicks with those two guys on, you know, in the interior at the guard slots alongside Andrew Ray at center. So I think that's huge news that he's back. Yeah. And and it seems like Caleb Schaefer is kind of has worked his way into that starting right guard, right guard spot. He took over from McCade Mattire during the uh, Red River rivalry win. Uh, and he's been named a captain this week. Brent Venables talked about how he's played really, really well in games, but uh, Bill Biedenboe's frustrated with the way he performs in practice. So it'll be something to watch. You know, if Caleb Schaefer could be potentially an answer in the running game, but now you've got three you know guards with game experience, or well, really four if you include Troy Everett. You've got four players with game experience that, okay, you can rotate a little bit if you're not feeling comfortable with what you're getting, you know, series to series. You can give another guy a shot. And then just kind of see what happens uh, the rest of the way. Uh, another big time kind of note that Brenton Venables provided was on Javante Barnes. He says we might get him back for the last few games of the season. I didn't realize his injury was that serious, but it doesn't seem like we're going to see Javante Barnes maybe until, I don't know, week 10 uh, or 11. And if then. Yeah. And I think for Oklahoma, based on what you hear and what you can gather out there, that it's been two steps forward, three back again and again and again for Javante Barnes. And, uh, you know, I think in multiple stretches, John, they thought that he was right and he was about to get back and then there'd be another setback 
or it just wasn't quite right. So now you get to the point to where maybe you just shut it down for a couple of weeks and hindsight being 2020, you probably would have liked to have done this four weeks ago, but you don't get that back, right? You don't get that option back if you're Oklahoma now. So if this, you know, slowing down, if you will, for Javante Barnes for the next couple of weeks, if that's the piece to get him healthy and to get him right for the last couple of games, then Hey, by all means, right? Because that might be the missing ingredient in the run game for Oklahoma. If, if uh, big if there, you get Javante Barnes back and he is indeed right and fully healthy. Yeah, he's so young still as a player. Don't rush him back. I mean, the run game will be fine. I mean, I, I don't know if he's making the significant difference in the running game. So just make sure that he's 100% healthy before he's back next. If that means he's not back until next season, just take care of the player. You know, again, be relational, not transactional. Don't worry about what he's going to be able to give you this season. Just make sure he's back 100% healthy whenever he's back. If he's back 100% healthy this year, great. It's going to be a great asset to have for the stretch run. But if he's not, don't push him. Don't push him if he's 75 or 90 or 95 or even 99% ready. Just let him rest, get right, because we've been dealing with injuries for now all off, you know, for all of 2023, basically. So let's let's take take a pause, take a breather and let him get right. And if it's this year, great. If it's not till next year, it is what it is. You just deal with it and move on Uh, at cornerback. This is a fascinating one because Key Lawrence at times has had to play some corner due to injuries. But it sounds like Kenai Walker is going to be back. Uh, Josiah Wagner will be back and Makari Vickers to me. Can I Walker is the big return because as we've seen with Gentry Williams, now he didn't really experience this much in the, uh, the Texas game, but I mean, he's dealt with some, some injury stuff at, at different times, but having can I Walker back who is one of Oklahoma's highest graded defenders. That's huge for the Sooners to have again, a steady backup and talented player at cornerback available to him. Yeah. Huge. And we, we've seen that that's been in, area where they've needed as you pointed out to to move key lawrence over so to have that little safety valve and and to keep key where probably he's just a little bit more comfortable because he's played more at safety for oklahoma is going to be beneficial for the sooners so yeah that's obviously no small thing i mean it could uh could wind up being an important detail yeah absolutely will be and we'll see man just how uh how much that's going to help the cornerback room down the stretch. I mean, Kendall Dolby has played really good football, but they've also moonlighted him at Cheetah a little bit uh, during the season as kind of that third cornerback in, in nickel packages. So it's going to be fascinating, man. I'm, I'm ready to see a little bit of Josiah Wagner and Makari Vickers just because of the off seasons that they had. I'd love to see them getting some time. Hopefully this week we get to see Oklahoma with a big lead and we can empty the bench a little bit and get some of those younger guys, some snaps, but it's good to start seeing some of these guys getting back healthy, we hope that Javante Barnes is able to get back, you know, 100 at some point this year, if not this year, next year. But uh, good news, otherwise, you know, Savion Bird's coming back and he'll be ready to go as well. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in, being a part of the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref, myself at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. But until next time, he's Josh. I'm John Boomer Sooner.